of frustration is, of course, Sean Garmer from 401Mania.com. Oh, fucking Yakety Yak. God, I didn't expect Yakety Yak on this podcast. Sweet Christ. <laughs> but I also referenced Def Leppard. Where are we at on that one? I don't like Def Leppard very much. Well, that's where you're wrong, sir. That's it. We're not doing 13 yeah. anymore. We're going to go back and do a career retrospective of Def Leppard. Folks, let's talk about oh, Tyromania. Please sign me up for that. <laughs> I mean, I don't. It's not that I don't really. I mean, let me rephrase it. I like Def Leppard. I don't listen to much Def Leppard. They're not really. They're not. They're well, not you should listen to more Def Leppard. Oh well, yeah, well, my best friend is a huge Def Leppard fan, so I've been slowly getting more into them as I hang out with them. So, because contrary to popular opinion, love does indeed bite, and it bleeds, and it's bringing you down on your knees. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, love hurts. Love stings. <laughs> Robert, you're not you. We gotta get get this man. Maybe you do need a Pepsi. You need to wake up, man. Where are you at tonight? I don't get Def Leppard references very well. <laughs> do we? Do I mean, I I've actually, I've got. Hmm? No, go ahead. Oh no! I was just about to say I got like a cavalcade of uh, soda, soda in front of me for like the multiple hours of podcasting to do tonight. But no Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> you have another do, we, do we need do we need to get Bane out here? Do, 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 will Bane fix everything? Will Bane make it all right? It will be this podcast reckoning. <laughs> all right, shut up for a moment. Let me talk to Sean. Sean, what's going on, man? <laughs> oh, not much, man. Just... Uh, t- for the people who have never listened to this podcast before, and of course you can uh, hear all the ra- Radulich and Broadcasting shows on Stitcher and iTunes, as well as blogtalkradio.com, and of course all over 411mania.com, what is it exactly you do for 411? I, I work in the game zone as the game's top five organizer. Uh, I do game reviews. Uh, I also contribute to the music by ourselves sometimes, music top five. And, of course, me and Robert are both in the 4-1 Games podcast that comes on right after this podcast. God help Stephen Randall. God help Stephen. (laughs) All right. Um, As I said at the top of the show tonight, after we've done with all the silliness, we're going to review Black Sabbath's new album, 13, and... Before we get into this, let, let's talk a little bit, because I feel like if we just review 13 in a bubble, we're really going to miss some of the finer points of what, what these individuals are trying to get across with this album. So let's just have a brief discussion about Black Sabbath. And I was talking to these gentlemen off air uh, through Facebook, and one of the things that I had said was, you know, Black Sabbath invented heavy metal for the most part. Um, yeah. Without without Black Sabbath, you, you really don't have modern metal, um, and I can respect that. And there's some, and there are even some Black Sabbath songs that I really really like. However, by and large, and this is where I want your guys' commentary. I'll start with Sean and then Robert. Um, I'm not a huge fan of doom metal. I'm not a huge fan of slow tempo metal, and that's a lot of Black Sabbath. Um, so Sean, what exactly, you know, when we say Black Sabbath invented heavy metal, what are we talking about here? And what is the uh, quintessential Black Sabbath sound? Well, I mean, they invented the, basically almost everything that you can think of for metal. They invented the horror music part of it, the, the, that it's out to scare you, 
that it's very talking about anything from I mean Led Zeppelin did some of this too, but talking anything from fantasy to demons to you know pretty much anything you see in a horror film, and it even also will talk about politics and stuff as we see with War Pigs and various other things. They the sound that they they brought obviously with Iomi uh, messing up his two fingers brought a whole different sound to the world that basically is the essence of doom metal with the basically what you get in the black sabbath song that is the essence of metal in its in its uh infancy the whole doom and gloom the world is you know things are going wrong with me but you have this nasty gnarly guitar sound this bass that fills up an entire room behind it uh, Ozzy's wail that you know now is a bunch of growling and whatever but Ozzy's awesome wail that he had back then with the lyrics made by Geezer is just something that you didn't have much of back then it just it brought this entire like who the heck is this and I want more and metal wouldn't exist without them and of course Black Sabbath was sort of you know in terms of a band name was the dead Kennedys of its time it was something that really stuck in the face of people, um, went against the grain. And the, the whole package of Black Sabbath went against the um, collective majority, you know, went against the mainstream. And that's one of the defining principles of heavy metal is that this it was the anti-radio. And granted, some of the stuff did make radio and still does today, but at the time it was, it was a challenge to the status quo. Now, on this podcast, we have somebody who just loves himself some doom metal. So what does Black <laughs> Sabbath mean to you, Mr. Robert Cooper? Why, why is Black Sabbath, besides the reasons we've already talked about, why is Black Sabbath so great and important? Well, as, uh, as Sean said, they really the lower tuning due to Tony Omi's missing fingers is really the thing that got metal started because you've got a band like Led Zeppelin who have some things that, you know, if you look at them a certain light, you're like, okay, I can see how this is metal. But really, they're more of a hard rock band, and what really put Sabbath over over that hard rock hurdle was just that lower tuning and the whole atmosphere and what they were really accomplishing. Now, in terms of what makes you know what makes Black Sabbath great, what makes them awesome, they're they really they're it's really hard to find at least in those first you know four yeah about first four maybe five albums. It's really hard to find a clunker of a song. And especially in a time where it was really one or two songs on the album were like, you know, knock out, knock out of the park. And then the rest of them were kind of filler. Just, you know, they could put it on the record and sell something. Black Sabbath really, they they really have a lot of songs about different contents, about different uh, things, you know, different content, just like Sean said. They have songs about wars. They have songs about the devil. They have songs just about religion in general. I think it really shows, I guess the fact that they were younger, it really shows that they have they had more things to draw upon, I guess, in a different worldview than they do now, which now it's a lot about death. And, you know, they still have some of the occult and everything and family issues and whatnot. But I think definitely once they got older, they started focusing more on death, which is, you know, kind of a thing that happens <laughs> when you get older. Yeah. But, yeah, they're, they are pretty much like the, the benchmark. When, when you listen to all four... No, it's not 14 fuck. I don't even know how many albums they have anymore. It's a lot. When you go through their whole discography, there are going to be some awful albums. But especially, like, once you get to the 90s, with Tony Martin uh, was helming it, and then you had that deal album in the middle. 
everything besides forbidden was amazing. And I think that's, I like that. There's like a nice stamp of quality that comes with the Black Sabbath name that usually does hold up. Now it's, I mean, kind of like the Nintendo seal of quality. It doesn't always hold up, but for the most part, I think it really, like the name, the name itself really lends to, I don't know, quality. Just like metal. Just like metal okay. is always quality. Okay. Not always quality. <laughs> so changing gears here, they put out this album 13. Um, <clears throat> Awful name, by June? the way. Awful yeah. album title. Well, I, you know, I want to actually Which, get yeah, to that. Which, yeah, it's not even their 13th album either, so yeah. it's their 19th album. No, but I think okay. it, was, it was based on the year that it was coming out. It was like, look, it's 2013, and we're still doing this 97 years later. But um, <sighs> it came it came out June 10th, 2013. It's had... Um, fair to uh, positive reviews. Um, first single came out in April, and it was for God is Dead? Question mark. And we had this conversation before, so for the for the sake of the listeners tonight, Sean, what was Black Sabbath attempting to do with this album? And I mean, they've had a storied career, different singers, obviously. Uh, they've experimented with some degree of different musical styles and you know, bringing in um, other people and working on various projects. But they they sort of returned to their roots here with this album. So tell us, talk to me a little bit about what this uh, iteration of Sabbath with uh, Geezer Butler, Tony Iommi, and Ozzy, what were they trying to do with 13? Well, it has to do mainly with, uh, you know, Rick Rubin, who is the ultimate you know, rock fan that loves to bring back, you know, groups that seem to be on the wayward end and bring them back to relevancy like they did with uh, Metallica, you know, in Death Bagdenic. So he's trying to do in the same vein, pretty much. He goes, pretty much, he told Metallica to make a sequel to Master of Puppets, and that's what Death Bagdenic was supposed to be. Now we get, he told Black Sabbath to forget Paranoid happened, and make a sequel to the original Black Sabbath album. Make a drowned in blues, you know, that old school, like really Sabbath music and bring us back to that time. Don't don't worry about going forward. Just let's see that you still got the old Sabbath first. And that's a lot of what this album is. There's a lot of the Black Sabbath song, Planet Caravan, you know, even NIB shows up in one of the songs, which is not on that album. They're in later albums. But still, the point is, he wanted to see, as a big Sabbath fan, can they still do Sabbath? And that's what you get here, basically. All right. So you really, it becomes about two things. One, did they accomplish that? I think that is one of the things that we need to look at tonight in reviewing this album. Did they accomplish being able to create an adequate, serviceable, even good sequel to the original Black Sabbath album, and then two, it doesn't really matter what your intention is, you know, you can have, you know, mission accomplished, but if the shit sucks, then that's the end of the discussion, you know, it all comes down to, did did you or did you not like the goddamn thing? So, we're going to look at both of those uh, questions by the end of this podcast, so let's get into this, all right? Yeah, first track here is 97 minutes long. No, it's eight five. It's eight minutes five <laughs> seconds. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna hear a little bit. Like that to you, didn't it? Uh, 
I don't. It felt like 97. I'll, I'll talk to you about that in just a moment. Let's get into the very first track here. This is End of the Beginning. We're going to play a couple of minutes of it because it's about as long as the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. will be over by the time the song is done playing. I just want you to be aware of that. Certainly captured the funeral dirge sound. Robert Cooper, what the hell's happening here? Hey, don't knock funeral dirge or funeral doom. Funeral doom is actually a genre where it's oh. like that slow. See, now you know how I felt during the Hate Breed podcast. <laughs> but Hate Breed was happy like... and it was moving and things were, well, it was, I... you know. I don't, I don't like hardcore that much. Oh. You don't like doom. Yeah, I'm not a hardcore guy. But, yes, what is happening with this song? As you can probably, anybody who has heard, like, the first track of any Black Sabbath greatest hits, that song had a lot of the uh, Black Sabbath, the song in it, had that really, had that, you know, kind of nice start. It didn't have the rain and the thunderbolt, that's later, but it had that same kind of long intro, and then it would went to kind of a more quiet sound, and then it brought in Ozzy who I guess I'll go ahead and address Ozzy. Ozzy sounded better than he has on his last few uh, solo albums. 
I don't know whether I should credit that to Rick Rubin or him. But one thing I will say about that is he does sound better, but there's a quality to it that is it's good, but it doesn't feel, it doesn't capture like a live sound. It really feels like it's in a studio. And it, maybe it's just because I'm a weirdo, but that really distracts me sometimes. So I'm like, this is just too clean for like the rest of the, rest of the sound, which is really, you know, dirty and deadly and doomy. But, yeah, the song, the song itself, you know, I think we only got, like, what? We only got, like, seven minutes of that 50-minute 50, 50 opus, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. The, the song itself, it's slow, but, I, but once it gets starts, once it gets into the, gets going, after that slower section, it speeds up just like, you know, a lot of Black Sabbath does, a lot of Doom does. Actually, this song really, uh, just in terms of structure and tone, as well as reminding me of the original Black Sabbath, reminds me of a song by Candlemas called Samaritan, which is about a guy who like saves a saves a beggar, and it turns out to be I don't know some celestial being. He turns into an angel. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this was this was really a quintessential Black Sabbath song. It was actually a pretty good foot to start out on if you're wanting to please your cat, your more hardcore Sabbath fans, because you know the casual fans would go. We're paranoid, and this wasn't paranoid, but this is a really nice, slow, slow start, and not slow start as in how Mark was feeling, you know, like the song was slow, but it was slow as in it accomplished what it was supposed to, and I think it did a good job. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, well, look. Look, you know, I, I, having, hang on, I, having, uh, having already been through the Hate Breed podcast with you, I don't want to continually bash this because this will, this will be the, the, the big thing with Robert and I going back and forth, finding albums the other one hates. I don't want it to go there. But, well, no, actually, I thought you would have liked Black Sabbath. I didn't know you really had a, that much of it today, or not exactly a disdain, but I, really just I uh, guess I'm one of those, I guess I'm going to put on my Tap Out t-shirt and be one of those douchebags. I like Paranoid. That's the kind of Black Sabbath I do enjoy. <laughs> I don't hate that Black Sabbath either. I like that Black Sabbath too. But you, to me, I think yeah. it's one of those like if you love the band, you have to take what came before Paranoid along with Paranoid and all the albums after. Yeah, I, I wasn't meaning to deride anybody who likes Paranoid. That is a great song, but the slower yeah. songs are the you don't really hear on the radio anymore. You I'm know, what I like, like, I like the Wizard. Hey, look, if I'm, yeah. if I'm getting oh, an I mean, album. Here's the thing. If I'm going to get an album of everything Black Sabbath already did, just updated for 2013, give me all The Wizard. Give me tw- give me 45 minutes of song. The Wizard, and I'll be happy. Hey, you get some if harmonica you, in this album. If, if I get 45 minutes of The Wizard, I'm happy. You give me 45 minutes of Black Sabbath doing Black Sabbath, and I want to drive my car into a Black Sabbath. See that? Yeah, but they don't uh, but do like Black that. Sabbath the entire time. No, no they mean, don't. This is... I, you know. No, it's just that, like I said, this, I think really a lot of the more hardcore people, they, they like either they like the more power metal stuff, which is way later, or they really have a love for the doom. I think the more more casual fans, I'm not insulting any casual fans. I'm just saying I think the stuff that's played on the radio is what they more expect, and this is not, you know, this isn't what they're starting with, which is fine. They'll get the stuff that's more like, yeah, but, you know. You know, the difference is, though, the Black Sabbath song never actually picks up, whereas no. This song actually in like halfway through does. And there's yeah, you know, the part that you didn't play, there's an actual pickup here and it gets interesting if you don't like the Doom part. 
know. Yeah, we didn't have so, 20, but we didn't have five hours to wait. I know. For. I understand what you're saying. I'm just yeah. trying to, you know, get to the point that it's not like at least they sat there and tried to do the whole Black Sabbath song over. They did it at the beginning to let you know, hey, we're doing Sabbath. This is Sabbath from the beginning. This is who we used to be. You know, we're getting you that point. It sounds yeah. basically he switched the one question for the. Who is this? We don't get the who is this stands it for me. We get the question that he asks. Is this the end for the beginning? Basically, same thing. And then it, yeah. it goes into a you know trollop. So yeah, okay. It's, it's more like a traditional, like all this traditional doom metal stuff that came out towards the, like the later '80s with Candlemass and stuff. A lot of their doom had that quality. Like it start kind of slow and then it pick up. I, I like that because. Because it it isn't as just Sean is correct. It does, the whole song is not turtle slow, but I, I like I said I like that it started turtle slow. Okay. This next song is the single, and of course it's a it's a really rip roaring tune that you can shake your booty to, boot scoot across the dance floor. Um, it's uh, three minutes times five. Um, it's uh it's, how did anyone pick? It's almost nine minutes long, and someone decided this would be a good oh. idea to release this as a single. Uh, well, maybe if they cut out like uh, uh, seventy of the times he asked if God is dead, it'd be down to maybe six minutes. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> man. Here's the problem. Uh, I think God, Ozzy would have only asked once or twice if God is dead. The problem is Ozzy is going deaf and didn't hear God. See, that's the issue here. Well, well and Ozzy relapsed, so he's probably <laughs> so not when God just not answering this. He just wasn't listening. God. Yeah, he's, he's had too much of Sharon yelling at him throughout the years that you know he can't hear oh, at all. Are you dead, God? <laughs> Hello, God. I I throw a turkey over the fence. Are you dead? Ugh. Here it is, folks. Question mark. God is dead. <laughs> Just want to kill myself every. Th- th- sorry, I, I'll 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 be good. I'll make you a new song. Now. Oh,
Mark's dead. <laughs> and no, I'm very much alive. <laughs> though I do feel like I've been waiting for a bus in Brooklyn to come. Um, look, can I, can I just put this out there? Sean, Sean, no. you seem like a reasonable... <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Sean, you seem like a reasonable fellow. You 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 know, you seem like you you're on in years and you you know your music and I feel like you can answer this question for me. Haven't we already done the the God is dead thing already? As a meme, as a theme, uh, as something that musicians have tackled time and time again in metal, can are aren't we like done with God is dead? And furthermore, isn't it made worse by the fact that like 97-year-old, you know, how I really like that number, 97-year-old men, I really do, um, 106-year-old men have decided to... to <laughs> they got to, older? <laughs> as, as I was asking that question, have decided to uh, toy around with this idea that, you know, people a third their age have already tackled and done away with uh, about a decade ago, I mean... Uh, it just this feels like Vince McMahon ordering fans to Fandango, you know, well after uh, you know the moment had already passed. You know what I'm saying? To be fair to Fandango, it's not his fault he got a concussion and then that didn't get to keep going. But anyway, <laughs> you know, to me, I think the part of it is to be fair to Black Sabbath. It's not their fault that they didn't get to have an album until right now altogether. Uh, so I guess they get to tackle that that meme or, or whatever. Quite frankly, it's not that it's it's the fact that he does it so many times. By the time you get to like the end of the song, you're like, my God, for one, you could have cut this to like five minutes because you didn't <laughs> need him to say 75 times, is God dead or God is dead or whatever. Uh, you know, you can say you get a little bit of other Black Sabbath songs in here, which is good because that's where you, you start. To, you get a little bit of Iron Man mixed with uh, Cradle of the Grave, which is nice in that little part before he starts singing. And you know, that's the good part of it. It does have the awesome guitar and bass work, but it's like this is the one song I don't like. I don't understand how this was a single because it's the most annoying song on the album to me personally. And I. Like y'all said, it seemed like Ozzy was deaf, and it doesn't matter how many times he got told, "Hey, you said this about twenty times already. You gotta say it twenty more times." Because somebody didn't hear. Is Ozzy deaf? But that's the thing. It's like it's no, it's no longer that he's trying to be poignant and asking a question that goes against the grain of culture. He just sounds like a nagging old bitch, you know. <laughs> God is dead. Twenty well, minutes later, all right, God's dead. Shut up already. You're right, yeah, but still, the yeah. fact is that you know when when this whole band started, when they were asking us questions, it's because they had no other recourse. They had to just go out there and be a band because they couldn't go back and work in the steel mills. I mean, now it does sound like crap because they're all old and they got some money, and you know they're just doing this because. They want to be Black Sabbath again. You're right. It doesn't sound authentic, and I think that's part of my problem with this. I mean, aside from the length and everything else I've already made fun of up to this point, uh, we're two songs into this and about 94 minutes in. Eh, it changes up that time, Mr. Koopa. Um, <laughs> we're, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're eight hours into this, po into this uh, album, and, and, and it doesn't feel authentic. 
you know, you talked at the beginning about how you know they were go- they were trying to go back and sort of create a sequel to um, the original Black Sabbath album, and it feels forced and inauthentic. Robert Cooper, take the stand, defend, defend these two tracks up to now. Ooh, no, see, that's such a bad say the album in general, because I was like, well, up to these two tracks, I honestly well, no, think... it's better eventually, but uh, but up to yeah. now, man, I mean, uh, two more tracks, and I'm going to reveal to the world what I told Robert on Facebook earlier today, but I want to get there first, but go on. Yeah, the, I think these two, some of these tracks have the same problem that Metallica's Load had, you know, it was a different problem after this album sucks, <laughs> but it's just the fact there's kind of a lack of editing within the songs that they go eight, nine minutes. And it, that doesn't bother me personally because I like, I like some progressive, as we talked earlier before the show, I think we all like progressive music. I like, I like doom metal. So, you know, seven, eight minute run times with slow tempo is nothing that really phases me. But I do agree with you that I really, this doesn't, it, I'm not going to say it doesn't feel like Black Sabbath because it does. I just feel like maybe they should have put this song later because we got two over eight minute long quote unquote epics, I guess. <laughs> we got two eight minute long songs in a row. And for a But that's the problem with this one though, is it doesn't change much pace unlike the first one. No. It this this one doesn't. It kind of you know, I it really reminded I couldn't exactly put a song with it, but it really had I guess it's just kinda of like what Black Sabbath does. That this one really it, it really had really two modes to it. It had kind of the ominous beginning, and then it had the "Is God Dead," which, in their defense, they they haven't done an album like the the three of them haven't done an album in like thirty five years, so they kind of didn't get to tackle this back when it was popular. So I kind of give them a pass just on the fact that you know, I guess they got to make up for some borrowed time. They, 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 look, my, my, my suggestion then to these three gentlemen is if they're going to do another Black Sabbath album together, bring in, uh, I don't know, someone from the Pussycat Dolls, bring in Justin Bieber, bring in, um, I don't know, uh, who do the kids listen to today? Uh, bring in Are some you young... seriously saying we need to bring in Justin Bieber? Um, so, yeah, well, if, if they bring in Justin, if the, well, Ozzy doesn't even know what Bieber is. He still doesn't, so there's no point. <laughs> I've got the Bieber fever. Now listen. Now what I'm trying to say is, they need a consult. They they need a, a a consultant of some sort. Just somebody in the room, not contributing to the music per se, not playing an instrument. But I'm not saying they need to do like a single with Bieber. That wasn't what I was getting at. But they need to bring in a they need to bring in a youth consultant. So when these three old men are uh you know are drinking their insure and trying to figure out what the hell they're gonna write and someone goes I've got it I the kids talk about is God dead let's do that there can be somebody in the room going no you fucker it's been dead for like that that, that that's been done twenty times twenty years ago enough move on do something else that they, they need that yeah I I could see that especially for this. I think the main problem, the main problem with this song is just the fact that it does go on with Is God Dead, and it just kind of grates after a while. Like, <laughs> one thing I will say about, like, the chorus of the song, it is very catchy. It's one thing I do like about doom metal is that there's a lot of the slower pace brings for catchiness because you have more time, I don't know, kind of build up to it. But, yeah, just screaming about wine and bread, which the whole time he was saying, you I'll take the wine, I'm like, no, Mark takes the wine. 
right, let's this, move this, on. You need to be like Sean. You need to be like Sean during the Twilight podcast. Just bring out bring out the booze. <laughs> All right. Speaking of booze, let's uh let's move on to track three here. This is Loner. <laughs> Yeah, he did actually. 
got Metallica oh, I didn't know that. for stealing their music and then declared it was his own song. Which I feel well, hey, oh, they're like having stealing from themselves. Well, isn't that what rap does all the time? Yeah, I mean, there's a fucking, uh, what is it? Ah, what's her face? Brandy? Yeah, she did. She took the Klansman by Iron Maiden and sampled it, the intro to it. And I was just sitting there, I'm like, you can't do that. And then I'm like, maybe she can. I'm like, actually, you know what this reminds me of, Mark? You know what you just reminded me of? You remember uh, when John Fogarty got sued for plagiarizing himself? No, but that's a fun story. Do tell. Oh, you didn't know about that one? Uh, I forget what it was. I think it was when he left Bad Company, because my dad told me this story, like, many times. It's like when he left Bad Company or something, he did. He went off and did his own stuff, and somebody got pissed about it. <laughs> got a lawyer, and like, oh, John Fogarty, we're, you know, uh, we're suing you for because, you know, you're plagiarizing people. Like, who? Like, you. That's right. <laughs> you play music just like you play. <laughs> I'm like, that, that makes so no sense. My dad's like, hmm? Are you sure he wasn't being plagiarized for doing CCR when he's John Fogarty by himself, which technically uh, wouldn't yeah, totally be yeah, him? CCR. Yeah, no, I'm they, sure there's some they, legal reason why why that made sense, but it's funny to say out loud. Yeah, they even though he wrote most of the songs anyway. Yeah, but they were like, play, "Oh, you're plagiarizing yourself." Which I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess we can get a get a band together, you know, uh, play a few covers of Sabbath, and be like, "Oh, Sabbath's plagiarizing themselves on this new album." I mean, it doesn't it doesn't bother me because I guess maybe it's just the fact that I'm just happy to see this band together. <laughs> yeah, you are you are definitely coming from a a starstruck point of view on this, where you're being awfully forgiving of this band because you well, really really like them. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I've I've been pointing, I've been making fun of it with you. I I fully admit that you know they are plagiarizing themselves and blah blah blah. It's just the fact it's not it's not a bad song still. Okay. Sean, any the thoughts thing. on... But once David again, Black? wasn't this the point? Wasn't this mm-hmm. the point of taking you back to, if this was a sequel to Black Sabbath, the original mm-hmm. album, which this is on the original album, NIB was. Well, Technically, hang on. there's a I, second let, let song to that. that so. Let me dispute that. Because you also said Death Magnetic was supposed to be a sequel to Master of Puppets. Um, I've listened yeah. to Death Magnetic. I liked Death Magnetic. It was not. It was not. There's more... There was nothing on there that was so similar to Master of Puppets. They're going, hey, wait a minute, that's Battery. It was more, like, more, it was more uh, a sequel to and Justice for All. That was kind of Give nice. That. That, that, that he threw me when he said that. But if the point of it was to make a sequel to Master of Puppets, they managed to do it without copying themselves down to the exact lick. Granted, yes, I will agree with that. Oh, God, I'm just you know, imagining James. They also hadn't been out of the business for, like, what was it, 35 years of being together? They <laughs> well, had not done an album yeah. in, like, since 2003 or four. Well, well, no, wait a minute now, because we keep, cause we keep <laughs> coming back. It isn't as if, like, Ozzy's been in some sort of a time capsule for the last well, No, years. but I'm talking about the three of them. The three of them had not been totally <laughs> together making a new album. Yeah, they've done tours with each other. I'm doing classic stuff, games. but not. You know, I'm just Tony saying. Iommi finds like Ozzy on Jabba the Hutt's wall, frozen in carbonite. Like I've missed a lot. What have I? What's going on here? It was a time capsule have... filled with cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, Ozzy once snorted a line of ants. And that said, oh god, you, oh you brought that back. Good job, Mark. Good job. 
<laughs> and speaking of Ozzy's joining a lot of hands, this is Zeitgeist. album that I posted on Facebook on Robert Cooper's page. I can't take it anymore. I give up. I Instead, I'm going to listen to nothing but Don't Dream It's Over, Hey Now, Hey Now, over and over again until I get to work. And I was a good 45 minutes away at that point. <laughs> if I you really? This, yup. I, literally, I put on Spotify, I just typed in Don't Dream It's Over because I've had that in my head since yesterday, and I listened to every single version of Don't Dream It's Over on Spotify, the Glee version, Robert Cooper. I listened to the Glee version of Don't Dream It's Over, uh, originally by Hey, Crowded don't hate House. on Glee. Hey, hey, Sean likes Glee. <laughs> well, whatever, so was my wife. Um, in any case, that's <laughs> Jeremy Thomas, and he rides for this website, so don't <laughs> Okay. The, is a very nice lady. Crowded House, Sixpence, None the Richer, which I really do enjoy that version. Glee, every other version of this I could find. That's what I did because I could not take it anymore. What are you doing to me, Robert Cooper? What's going on here? Jesus, it's not that bad of a song. <laughs> yeah, really. It channels my, Planet Caravan was, and all its greatness. That was my that was my reaction when I read that. I'm like. Is he kidding? I'm like, I know. I, I don't remember this album being that bad. And then you're like, I don't like Doom. I'm like, oh, forgot about that. I mean, yeah, this is pretty much Planet Caravan 2.0. Like, I was really hoping Phil Anselmo would have taken over on vocals this time, but sadly not. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that new album. It's not on Spotify, though, sadly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this was Planet Caravan 2.0. I really I actually didn't really like the song. I felt like it was a nice change of pace from the rest of the album. Kind of like Car- playing a caravan, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, because up I to, was really... Because up to this point, the album had been so fast and furious, I really needed to slow down and catch my breath. Well, this was a different type of slow down and catch my breath. This was like... <laughs> that, yeah, well, this wasn't like heavy. This was kind of mellow, which I would have... This is this like track. our one ballad. 
this I would have put this track later. There's a lot. There's a big problem with track placement in this because it because they went from long and doomy to long and doomy to Nativity in Black to Planet Caravan, which is slow and somber. They they, they really should have reordered the track order of this just just for Mark. <laughs> yep. Because admittedly it gets better after this, but boy, boy, it was a chore just to get to those first four songs. I'll tell you what, Sean Comer, well, yeah. Sean, Sean Garmer, Sean Garmer, damn it, Sean Garmer. Now you 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 initially were the one that said, "Oh, this was channeling Planet Caravan," and to you, I, I, I is is that really where where we're at with this album? I was like, it's good. It channels other songs. Well, to be to be fair, in Paranoid, Planet Caravan is stuck right in the middle of Paranoid and Iron Man. So, I mean, is they it? pretty much did the same thing here. Yes, it is. So, you know, hmm. it's kind of, I think, they're pretty much telling you the same thing. We're we're going to get faster after this. Just, you know, here's our little ballad, our little slow song that they usually have one of these in every album. Behind Wall of Sleep was kind of like that, too, on the first Sabbath album. So, you know, I don't hate it. I thought it was a pretty good song. Pretty much, as soon as I heard it, I was like, okay. They kind of rewrote Planet Caravan, which is okay. Once again, there's them channeling two of their classics back to back, which I, mean, I might agree with Robert in that if it was placed later, you wouldn't get this whole stigma of we're doing a lot of nostalgia here. But once again, I still hold to the fact that they're trying to tell you we still got it as far as we can still do what we know how to do first. I swear, I think that they have something planned for a 20th album later to, like, further progress themselves. But right now, this is... They're gonna come we're going to show you albums. we still got it. That was... That yeah, was no, mean. please don't do that. That was so mean. Because Ozzy can't get anywhere near that high. <laughs> no. And, and, and just just so I can go ahead and say this, because Mark is probably... He's going to bring it up or he's thinking about it. Yes, they, there was technically a Black Sabbath album in 2009 with Dio, but it was called Heaven and Hell, and they didn't do anything like this. So... Eh? Well, yeah, all of Dio's stuff is much different because of his singing range. and. Yeah, well, I know. mean, it wasn't like, a, oh, let's go play Heaven and Hell and all that. So I'm kind of defeating our point, but I'm assuming Mark is going to defeat our point unless he wasn't, and then I just kind of killed us. No, you're doing a <laughs> but, yeah. splendid job yourself. Oh, well, don't worry. You know, I I do a really good job of digging myself deeper into a hole. Just ask Clamato. <laughs> and speaking <laughs> of Clamato, <laughs> this is the age of reason. Oh,
right. Five tracks later, we finally got somewhere with some balls, with some action. The old men have finally woken up and, and figured out, hey, wait a minute, we're a rock band, a metal band, as a matter of fact. And we finally get, A, the first original song on this album, B, a song that actually, for, you know, slow and steady like a tortoise, is still pretty heavy and rocking, and it's the only song so far that I've actually liked that didn't sound exactly like something they played before. Yeah. <laughs> Again, song placement. This should have been like track three. No, this should have been one. Okay. Start. Maybe. Let me let me tell you something. No, 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 no. The first track was actually quite, even though it was too long. It was a very good opener for what it did. Only Please if you want opinion. to put the audience to sleep. Well, you know, maybe they'll be behind the wall to sleep. There was like two minutes of that. Then it goes into a gallop. What to sleep are you talking about? <laughs> I played half of that track, damn it. And I finally had to get, and for copyright infringement reasons, I didn't want to, I couldn't play the whole thing. But you know what? Yeah, I'm telling you, man, it was half that song I played before we finally got anywhere. I know. I know you did. Well, now, wait, no, you didn't. You played like two minutes. You stopped right before it sped up. <laughs> You know what? I'll go back then at the end of the podcast and play it again, and we'll see how long it takes before the song finally wakes up and reminds everyone it's music. Get the stopwatch. But back to the age or hit fast forward. I wish I could on this. Believe me, I wish I could. Um, So the age of reason, Sean Garmer. I mean, so far it's the best song on the album, I think, and I think it's the most original as far as you know licks and tunes go. Uh, of what they've produced so far, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would agree in that it still sounds Sabbath, but it's something that you might not have heard before because you can't just sit there and place, oh, this is from this song. It sounds like Sabbath, but it sounds like, oh, this could have been a hidden track off of one of their other albums or whatever. And it's great (laughs) because this is where, this is actually probably the first time that you actually don't hear like, Wilkes try to be Martin. He kind of sound. He kind of blends in with both Iommi and Butler here, and they create a big wall of awesome Sabbath blues sound that just kind of goes in with the whatever rhetoric that Ozzy is spewing about thunder and you know, so thunder and metamucil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sing about thunder. In my shorts, flush the toilet. Sorry. This is a family. I'm kidding. This is not a family podcast. This is not a family podcast. Speaking (laughs) of, just just on a random note, uh, I have heard some of the hidden tracks on uh, Sabbath albums that do not sound like this. Because we get stuff like Blow on a Jug. Mark, you should go yeah. find Blow on a Jug for our outro. It's 30 seconds of, of the geezer on the piano while Ozzy goes, Blow on a Jug. Be like me and Blow on a Jug. Just that's the entire song. Maybe, maybe some other time. We should do one entire Metal Hammer of Doom podcast and just play like weird shit. And, you know, we can play that. We can play, you know, um, Ode to a Bonus Track by uh, Ed Guy. That's a, that's a personal favorite of mine. It's literally, it's sung, it. it's, it's sung in first person, um, and it's about a bonus track. 
Like it's like I'm the life or like the life and times of a bonus track, and it's like a bonus track at the piano singing a ballad about itself. That's pretty funny. Wow, that is those guys. I've heard a few songs there. They're pretty damn funny. Yes, they are. All right, do we bonus have anything? Bonus tracks are a bitch though. Uh, they can be. Yeah, this was a good this this was a good original song. As y'all as y'all said, it was because I will I will admit listening to this album a second time, I definitely do hear everything that Mark is talking about, and I do somewhat agree, but I still do love this album. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's, it's kind of it's like a retarded child. You love them anyways. <laughs> Three beards, everybody. All right. Um, because Ozzy's, cause Ozzy Osbourne is made mostly of cocaine at this point, here is Live Forever. Richards will beat him. Oh, God, could you imagine? Um, oh God, or, or Madonna. Uh. <laughs> and 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 while she's living forever, she'll also continue to forget she's actually from like Detroit and continue to speak like she's from um, England. But back to Black Sabbath, who are from England for reals. Uh, live forever. Yeah. Uh, Sean Gomer. I heard a little. Uh, am I mistaken? And did I hear a little Children of the Grave in there? Exactly. That's what I was thinking. As soon as they got ramping up, it sounds just like children. Not just like it sounds like a more solidified, like less direct version of children, like a slower version of it, and more like meaty version. Um, yeah, I I feel like they took a hook from Children of the Grave and just and, and just wrote an entire song around it. So this isn't complete. This Which isn't is as completely bad. offensive. Wrong with that. No, no, I'm fine with that sort of thing. This isn't nearly as offensive as Loner, which is the exact same song as Nativity in Black. This one at least had some creative energy to it, in, in terms of, you know, you you had to really listen for it to to hear Children of the Grave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this would have been a really good single. Like if they were going to release a single, it should have been something like this. Even if it is kind of sort of Nativity in Black, though. It took me a few listens to like, oh, yeah, I do hear it. 
but yeah, I think this would have been a much better. I, heck, I might have actually gotten a few radio plays because I didn't hear. Well, then again, I don't listen to the radio because I have a CD case. But yeah, I, I didn't hear God is Dead on the radio. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Then again, I'm pretty sure they did. They uh, spent that ten minutes on advertisements, right? <laughs> Sean, anything yeah. else to say about uh, about Live Forever? I think this is one of those songs where Bill Ward might have done it a little bit more justice. I kind of miss back, his swing Bill. and his jazzy beats and all that that he would put into early sa- the Sabbath songs because people don't really think about it, but jazz has made a lot of of metal what it is too. You know? Oh yeah. Do you yeah, think that? That the uh, the drummer on this, I think, is um, Bill Wil- Wilk. Um, Brad Wilk. Do you th- Brad Wilk. Yeah. Do you do you think he was hampered by the fact that you know he was, I know, brought in to play drums for Black Sabbath, and it's kind of like you know he's not a member of the band. He he was there to, um, you know, he he was there because the the original guy uh, couldn't be there. Um, so it's kind of like you know Jason Newstead's first uh, first gig in Metallica, where where it's like <laughs> shut up and play bass. You're not a cre- you're part of the creative process. It would take a, well, another can, album or we two. We can hear the drums. We can hear the drums <laughs> in this album. True. <laughs> it's not enough yeah, comparison. But you see what I'm saying? Like you know, it's like, like shut up and play drums. And you know, and unfortunately, instead of being able to add to the creative process. You know, being what what a drummer brings to the table, he's just there to play notes. Uh, you know, play notes on a uh, on a page. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. And like I, I think I said somewhere in this that there's times where you feel like Wilk, who's from formerly of Rage Against the Machine, who they have a few Sabbath elements, but they're more funk than blues. So he's used to a different kind of drumming than Bill Ward is. And, you know, he tries in a certain way to make them kind of be modern with what he's, the way he drums. But there's other songs where it sounds like he's just not trying, he's trying not to mess up. Yeah. And instead of blending, it kind of sticks out sometimes. So, you know. Yeah. I think um, I think they missed out by not adding someone to the creative process in the band instead of the essentially they just brought in a session musician who's trying to keep his gig. Yeah, I, I just don't know why. Like, I wonder if they actually tried to search for somebody that kind of does Sabbath music more, or if they just said, "Oh, this guy's from Rage. He has a name. Just let's use him." Well. Actually, they were supposed to get uh, the guy who's drumming for Ozzy, Tony Kloptos, but something, I think something like Rick, either Rick Rubin didn't want him or something had something to do with Rick Rubin, but he ended up not being in the studio. Like, he tours with Black Sabbath. He does drumming for their tour, but, yeah, somehow they got Brad Wilk, and he's not, he's not Bill Ward. He does a serviceable job, but it's kind of, it does have the feeling of Newstead and Metallica. Like you kind of just like you're like you know go away scab, you know who I want. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, he just met them there at the studio. He was never with them at all, doing anything yeah. else. So, right, and, and, so, it and again, kinda, it's it kind of like the Pete Best and Ringo situation. And, and, and wanted and somebody, that, and the band wanted somebody else. And I think that lends to the inauthentic um, feel of the music. You know, like I said, uh, if I turn my brain off, some of these songs. 
you know, all joking aside, are okay. They're fine. You know, I can bob along. I'm sitting here as I'm doing the podcast, and I'm kind of bobbing along with it. But if you really start to listen and analyze these things, yeah, it just comes across as very, very plastic, very fake, uh, unauthentic. Just, you know, I feel like instead of being, in, instead of just making the music they wanted to make, it just feels like a bunch of old guys completely out of touch with what's going on in the world, trying to recapture something. You know, it's, 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 it's the Oasis deal. You know, where Oasis asks, why can't we be the Beatles? Because it's 30 fucking years later. That's why you can't be the Beatles. It's We're living in a different time. And this is not what, it's just not what you are. You're Oasis, for Christ's oh. sake. No, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say totally that. I mean, I think Geezer and Tony sound amazing on this. There's some, like, you know, they haven't missed a beat. While some of the riffs and stuff are, do sound like rip-offs of the earlier stuff, which is a shame because maybe the fact it's been 35 years, everybody's wanting totally new. But I think Geezer and Tony did a really good job on this. Like, they both sound really motivated and great. Ozzy sounds okay. Like, yeah. Sounds like Ozzy. But we're, yeah. <laughs> Adi sounds like he uh, made his way out of the methadone planet quite well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I mean, but it's not like he was terrible on his solo, the last solo album he no. was on either. I mean, he, he sounds good for for what he has at the moment. You know, he's still hitting notes. He still he hits he hits some notes in here that you think he wouldn't be able to hit at with all the damage he's done to himself. Uh, I know so, yeah, for that. I know people criticize no. I know people criticize no more tears. They're like, oh boy, Ozzy went soft on that one. But I remember listening to it when it first came out, and I really liked No More Tears. Um, I liked the whole album, and it felt like Ozzy was, you know, a contributing factor to the music. His last couple of solo albums felt like they had to, you know, get him, you know, wake him up out of a coma, put him in front of a mic, hold a gun to his head, and said, "Now sing, monkey, sing." And he did, and he had no more part of the creative process than, you know, what I just described. And, you know, that's probably not altogether true, but that's what it felt like to me. It did not feel as organic as No More Tears did, where I felt like he was actually a part of the creative process. I, I, I can't – you guys may disagree, and that's fine. That's what that's what discussion's all about, but it just feels more like the last couple of uh, solo Ozzy albums where, you know, from a purely – um, you know, from a sound point of view, yeah, he's hitting all the notes. It's not like this. This isn't like Johnny Cash towards the end, where you sing in Bridge Over Troubled Water, and it sounds like he's not going to make it to the end of the song. It's not like that. <laughs> but, <laughs> he just croaks in the middle of it. <laughs> I got bridge. You know, um, he didn't think he was going to live through hurt. That's how bad that was towards the end. But it's not like that. But again, it just it doesn't feel real to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. John, am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. It's just whether he had something to do with the music on his sol- his last two solo albums or whatever is irrelevant. He sounds good, and that's what people are gonna think about in the at the end of the day. And to me, even if you know maybe it wasn't Aussie material, it was pretty awesome from the fact that okay, this is coming from Aussie. That's was pretty damn good. Uh, maybe Zach somebody Wild else wrote it. Na- yeah, Zach Wild. They should have got Zach Wild to do vocals because he just sounds like Ozzy with Jello in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Ozzy with Jello in his mouth, here is Damaged Soul. What? 
I'm sorry. You guys had to be in the room with me. Oh, because I'm thinking as the song starts, and I'm thinking "Born Under a Bad Sign," and I don't know why I thought that. Maybe this is something about how that song resonated, tripped tripped that song. But then he goes, "Born in a graveyard," and I'm trying to choke back laughter. Ozzy <laughs> was reading your mind. He <laughs> uh, changed the lyrics of the song just for you, Mark. You should feel special. Yeah, yep. He was uh, he was speaking to me in damaged soul. Sean Gomer. What 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 can one say about uh Born in a graveyard? <laughs> well he is definitely a damaged soul if he's born in a graveyard, right? Uh <laughs> <laughs> you know, um I really like this song. I like the later on in the song there's a lot of awesome solos by Iomi. Um the Bass, obviously, like Robert said, if anything, this album shows you that Geezer and Iomi still have it, and they never lost it, and they could go on to make albums by themselves even without Ozzy, and it'd be great, as they showed with uh, Ronnie Damzio with Heaven and Hell. But, you know, I really enjoyed this song. It was maybe a little bit too long. It's boarding on the eight minutes for the, it doesn't really, it doesn't have that gallop that it gets into in the first song. So it kind of stays in the same rhythm the entire time, I guess, trying to give you the personification of it's a damaged soul. We're all damaged here. We're all, you know, we're all staying in the same vein, but it's good. And it, you know, I'm fine with that, I guess. Robert Cooper, damaged soul. Yeah. thing. If you're born, one thing I must say: if you are born in a graveyard, that must have been a really bad funeral. 
<laughs> Boo! Be more funny. Be more. Sorry, go on. Oh, I actually thought that was quite clever. <laughs> oh well. Oh well. Yeah, this song I really dug the bluesy the bluesy feel that this song had. It did go on for quite a while. Yeah, a lot of these songs went on quite a while, which you know, as I said, it didn't really bother me too much, but I can really see how if you're not me, it could bother you. Like if you're Mark and you're like, come on, get along, come on. I got me some Christian rock to be listening to. (laughs) All right. And speaking of Christian rock, here is the final track on the studio album proper Jesus. 13. These are the what? worst segues. I'm really not trying at all. I'm just trying to move the podcast mm. along. Because unlike these Aussie songs, we don't have all night to listen to them. All right. So this yeah, is track. <laughs> no, we don't. This is some of that's, when, that's when Randall's podcast starts. We have, I have a jail to work in tomorrow, and I'd like to get to it with my eyes open. So here is track eight. The last uh, track on the studio album proper, and we are going to look at the last uh, the, thir- the three tracks on the Spotify version because this is some of the more interesting songs on this whole thing. So, track yeah, eight, right. Dear Father. Like they, they put the slower stuff up front, and you know, and they put them, and they put the faster, more interesting stuff towards the end. And I just like it's just tempo-wise, so, you know, album construction-wise, I just felt like I know, this whole album suffers from a lack of editing, and I felt like there was no one managing this. You know, it was almost like who whoever was producing this was just like, whatever you guys want to do, you're Black Sabbath. And there was nobody saying, no, there was no one being the director and saying, no, you can't do that. That's terrible. I don't care that you're Black Sabbath. You're a bunch of crazy old men. You know, th- that element seems to be missing here. Bad Ozzy. Put that beer down. Bad Ozzy. Yes, that's right. We need, if only Sharon could have been in there. I'm kidding. I am kidding. God, am I kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
Okay, this actually is one of my favorite songs off the album. Like, I've got, like, you know, four off the main. I, I, like I said, I do like this album. This one I like, especially because, like, you know, the lyrical content was actually something different than the rest of the album, in my opinion. Like, it was kind of talking more about, like, an abusive father, which, you know, I'm pretty sure some some, some of the members of the band could, could definitely, you know, put themselves in. I mean, I don't know. I've read Ozzy's book. I don't think he really had too bad of a dad, but, you know. Everybody's got their problems, but yeah, I dug, I really dug this song. It was, it was again, it's kind of long. They have like what? How many? Almost four. How many songs is it? Like four or five songs is almost eight minutes long. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's about four songs, I think. Yeah. Yeah, four four songs, and there's how many tracks? Eight. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> Actually, no. One, two, three. No, five songs are seven over seven minutes. Yes, and then yeah, you wondered why I wanted to drive off the fucking road. Well, I mean, I, I don't purposely pick albums that you're gonna hate. <laughs> I really do, because if I did that, I could have trolled you weeks ago. <laughs> All right, Marco. Like, you know, Megan, that's fine. Well, what are you gonna give a retrospective of? Let's go for November's Doom. God. So, yeah, Sean, you would you would probably hang yourself after that. <laughs> I'm just I'm telling you right now I'm gonna start loading this podcast up with you know like uh, don't dream it's over and Sophia the first and you know I'm I'm gonna have to you know oh I god hear a, I hear a song no. that I don't like I'm gonna start playing comfortable shoes that's what I'm gonna do <laughs> these feet were made for comfortable shoes. Why? Uh, that, that's not fair. <laughs> hey, my daughter even has Sophia the First shoes, so you there know. There you go. I, I don't want to get into having to listen to that over and over. <laughs> John uh, Garmer knows what I'm talking about when I say uh, shoes. I don't. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. When you when kids. you have kids, if Sophia the First is still around, Robert, you'll get what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, I just uh, hear about all, all the time how I tortured my parents with the Barney theme song over and over and over and over. Oh, God. The Barney theme <laughs> song. Don't even get me started on that. But uh, I really started on uh, I agree with, here. I agree with Robert. This is probably the best as far as lyrical content in the song that actually is kind of forward-thinking in that this is something that a lot of people can relate to. So, yeah. you know... It, uh, and and it starts off from the outset. You don't have any of this intro stuff. It just goes immediately. They come in. You have the dirty, nasty track behind Ozzy. He immediately gets into the okay. This is about a guy, a kid, whatever that's been abused by his father. You're getting that, and you can automatically identify with it. That's part of the. You know, a lot of that is it's Sabbath in the early days. It was more about the music. It wasn't so much about the lyrical content. Kind of just went, you know, in one ear and out the other. Um, this is kind of like, maybe they should have had a little bit more of this throughout the album instead of so much of the I trying to take you back. too kind. How about, not not maybe, how about definitely? <laughs> well, you know, maybe you're still trying experience. to get a theme here. That's why I say not everything. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you know, uh, some things. Well, I will say one thing about this album is that the album cover is awful too. It's kind of, it's kind of, I hate yeah, flaming thirteen, you know. Yeah, when I saw this album cover I texted my best friend Nick who's the biggest Black Sabbath fan I know, I'm like, this album cover is shit. 
the album title is shit. I am not excited. <laughs> what Flaming was his reaction? <laughs> what? What was his reaction? His reaction was like, oh, it wasn't that bad. I'm like, dude, yes. I mean, look at even the shitty, most even the shitty Black Sabbath albums had a decent cover. Except for you are, again, that was just... Hmm? Here's, here's what I'm noticing. We got some Black hmm? Sabbath apologists on this on this podcast. We got people talking about, uh, oh, it's not that bad. Rose-colored glasses, my friend. Shit is shit. Call hey, shit he, when you see it. He texted me. He texted me. We can also turn the other. uh, You know, the shoe can be on the other foot. You don't like Black Sabbath for the most part, so you're already predisposed to. Who cares? I don't like. I went into this with an open mind. Okay, we could have had some Wizard on this, some Sabbath, bloody Sabbath, some Paranoid harmonica on this. Nope, I got. I got what felt like 93 hours of na 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 My wife was like, what did you think of the new? She's like, you got to go do your podcast, right? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, you don't sound very excited. I'm like, Melissa, it was like two hours of na 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 no, Nick texted oh, wow. me like after listening to God is Dead, and he's like, dude, I think it was actually one of my top five favorite Sabbath songs. I'm like, it was okay, but it wasn't that good. I'm oh, like, you're really God. looking. Yeah, really. Well, no, I told him, like, I think you need to really give it a give it a little while and just let the newness come off. Like, you know, it's like you get a new uh, CD, you know, this is the best CD ever, and then you kind of look back in retrospect, and it isn't. It's kind of one of those. This is the Phantom Menace of Black Sabbath albums, okay? People want to like it because it's Black Sabbath, but you take a step back and just look at it and go, you know, I'm going to forget. This is Ham Sandwich, the band, and not Black Sabbath. You'd realize, hey, wait a minute, this this has got some problems. You can't even at least call it the Revenge of the Sith of Black Sabbath. No, it's the Phantom Menace, okay? Somewhere out there, Jake Floyd playing on this album. No, it's not that bad, honestly. Oh, man, (laughs) Forbidden is the Phantom Menace. (laughs) The the, the album that killed the band. Sabbath doing old Sabbath is still better than a lot of the bands out there. Better than ham sandwich, Black Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And speaking of ham sandwiches, this is Methodemic. And this, these are now the three um, bonus tracks that you get when you listen to it on Spotify. So we are now into the bonus material, which is better than some of the crap that made it onto the actual album. So straight out of Polk County, Florida, here's Methodemic. <laughs>
Century song important in, in terms of theme, um, <laughs> more contemporary than singing about meth. I mean, come on. When I think 21st Brian century, I'd be proud. When, when I think well, 21st come century, on, Breaking Bad's all the rage right now. Are you kidding? Yeah. You know, I didn't even make that connection. I just know that meth is a hell of a drug and uh, it wrecks, you know, communities far and wide, despite not to be political, but I remember reading an article about how. Um, there were like police captains and chiefs imploring the Bush administration to pour money into um, law enforcement against meth, and they still identified marijuana as the single biggest problem in America. And the cops were like, it's not even close. Please. Meth labs are blowing up left and right across the United States. Help us. Give us money. They're like, no. Arrest pot users. So, here's the difference. Meth actually does bad things to you. Marijuana really doesn't. <laughs> Mar- marijuana, marijuana gets you a little crazy. I wouldn't know, but I don't do weed. But oh, the point of it is, is no meth- one's ever blown up their greenhouse trying to grow marijuana. You know, me- <laughs> it's not unintentionally. <laughs> you know, in, in in the construction of methamphetamines, people have blown themselves to bits. I'm just saying. Strictly in terms of chemistry, one's more dangerous than the other. Does anybody else get the irony that Ozzy was singing about how meth, meth and drugs will ruin your lives, considering what we've known about <laughs> yeah, about really. during the recording of this? Well, in Ozzy's defense, he once snorted a line of ants. I don't, you know, I can't. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but, but in his defense, no, he should have known better because he did snort a line of ants. He should have known. But now you're making the argument that I made before about how, like, did someone just walk in, you know, with a bunch of, like, words and themes, put them on a bar, and they, they threw darts at it, and whatever they whatever the dart hit, like, wow, cow manure, great, let's write a song about it. That's popular. Well, I mean, uh, well, I guess in Ozzy's defense, Ozzy doesn't write a damn thing, if I'm not mistaken. I think usually it's uh, Big Geezer who writes. Yeah, it's Geezer so, that writes everything as far as lyrics. I'm okay. just saying it's really funny hearing Ozzy sing about it. <laughs> Just say no, kid. Ozzy says, just say no. <laughs> He's like, ants. Claps up, dog piss, and snorts ants. There we go. Methodemic is easily the most interesting song on the album. Is it not Sean Gomer? Yes, it's the most in-your-face. It's the most... This actually sounds modern. I was I was sitting there going, wow, this doesn't sound like Vast Sabbath at all. You know, it sounds well, like Black novel. Sabbath actually doing something different, which makes you think, why did they leave this off the album in the first place? Again, yeah, this is better it, than anything off of uh, Super Collider. There's a really funny. <laughs> <laughs> there's a really funny bit on the Family Guy where you know someone's like, it was one of those flashes where like, oh, this is worse than the time I was like Britney Spears coach or whatever, and it's and it's. She's eating all of this food, and, and uh, you know, there's like a really mousy person going, "You should, you, you shouldn't eat the carbs," you know. And, and meanwhile, she's shoveling food into her mouth. And, that, and again, that's that's what this feels like. It's, you know, like there was somebody in there going, "Maybe you should put Methodemic on that." No, we need nine songs that are all 120 minutes long. 
Yeah, it, like actually, I'm surprised none of these three bonus tracks got onto the main album because a lot of them are as good, if not better, than some of the ones on the you know on the album. It it kind of puzzles me when bands do that when they put the when they put a bonus track that's better than a lot of the tracks on the album. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But speaking of bonus tracks, maybe they're. I wonder if they're thinking. Look, we're trying to do this the you know, Sabbath way, whatever. But we're going to put these bonus tracks on here, and if it gets enough play, if people actually clamor for us to play these at, say people clamor for us to play these at concerts and stuff like that, maybe this is the direction that we go in for the next album. Okay. Maybe. I can see it. Maybe, maybe Black Sabbath will do, do an entire album and call it an ode to drugs. We'll do one about weed, one about meth, one about cocaine. <laughs> We you know, get some cat yeah, tranquilizers. You know, every one under the sun. So. Yeah. You know. <laughs> one of them. One of them about cat urine. He's cheating. <laughs> I I wrote this song about sniffing glue. You know, it's just whatever. Whatever we get them through the night. I wrote Richard, song about biting heads off bats. <laughs> <laughs> call Rick. Summon Rick James from your Ouija board. And they can call it. about know, cocaine. Just, and they can call it an obvious defense. He once snorted a line of ants. Sounds like a punk song. <laughs> or an anal cunt song. One of the two. Oh, God. Seth Putnam. Inhale. <laughs> All right. And uh, this next song, number 10 of 11. So we're almost done here on this epic journey through 13. Um, this is Peace of Mind. And, ooh, they spelled peace, P-E-A-C-E, those crazy fellas. Life is killing you. Yeah. 
I don't even know the songs, but I can he, like I totally know when he's about to say the title of the song, be, you know, because like the preceding lyric. So, so as soon as he was like something that rhymes with mine, I'm like, all right, here it comes. Now, peace of mind, and click, and we're done. Well, I mean, oh yeah, I mean, technically, you can bitch about a lot of music doing that. That's what, that's what annoys me about pop music, especially when it doesn't rhyme. No, and that and that's that's fair, but it's still like. I, the you fact that I'm even noticing, well, and the fact that I'm even noticing it tells you that I'm just bored with this, this whole thing. You ready for the? You ready for the sadness, Ken? Now, I get. I'll ask you this uh, question <laughs> once we're done. That is related to the last time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? All right. Since, but yeah, all right. This song. This. This actually isn't this the shortest. Yeah, this is the shortest track on the. Oh well, yeah. Well, here, here's a fun game. Here's a fun game. Here we go. Mm -hmm. End of the beginning, eight minutes five seconds. God is dead. Mm -hmm. Eight minutes fifty five seconds. Loner. Oh lord. Four minutes fifty nine seconds. Zeitgeist. Four minutes thirty seven seconds. Age of Reason. Seven minutes one second. Live forever. Four minutes forty five seconds. Damaged Soul, 7 minutes, 55 seconds. Dear Father, 4 minutes, 41 seconds. Methodemic, 5 minutes, 56 seconds. Peace of Mind, 3 minutes, 41 seconds. Yes, it is the shortest song on here by a fairly large margin. <laughs> yeah, I was just making sure I had it because I knew it was one of the last two. Yeah, I, I really wish their, the songs could have been closer to this. Now, I think this one did actually feel, I guess maybe it did feel short just because I was expecting it to go twice as long. <laughs> but it's the rest of it. <laughs> I haven't aged an entire year while waiting for the song to end. I don't understand. Well, I mean, heck, that Black Sabbath aged like six years in between sentences, so you know. <laughs> right. And finally, the last song on this God album Pariah, track 11. Ugh, I just. I don't have the strength. Sorry. Sorry. I'll shut up. I'll play the song. I can't. I just can't do it, Robert Cooper. Just do it already. <laughs> just, uh, just step away from the computer for a minute. You, we'll listen. You can You can go take a piss or something. All right. Fair enough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm going to gonna go for a walk
So that little bit there that was at the beginning and then towards the end, of, oh, I wanted to stop it and go, <laughs> MTV News, din, 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 din. you hear it first. <laughs> <laughs> before you could have been like, Black Sabbath 13, I've heard this before. <laughs> Black Sabbath 13, and now a medley of everything. So, so my question, 13 yes, or Super Collider? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, a shit sandwich or a giant deuce? The choices, choices. <laughs> well, I mean, I know which one I would pick, but I can see from your point of view it's an awful album or a boring album. You know... Well, and a boring M? Here's the thing, Robert, and, and I want to be very clear about this. I gave up listening to this album. I only got through it because I knew we had to do this podcast. And even still... Even still, Robert Cooper, do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? The only reason why I knew anything after track four was because I had to download this horse shit onto my computer to upload it to the podcast. Do you see what I'm saying? The only reason why I listened to any more of these songs is because I had to hear them on YouTube in order to get the sound clips. I at least made it to the end of, I at least made it to the end of Super Collider. Well, that well, true. You didn't even listen. You didn't listen to the whole album. <laughs> I well, technically, Damn. I listen. Te- technically, I listened to songs. You know, parts of songs from the album. Oh, that well, that would explain your lack of You're just like, ah, yeah, exactly. Song. Let's get on with it. <laughs> oh, well, I feel I can I, I can feel for you. Trust me, I've uh, I've tried to write about shit that I didn't listen to. It was it's fun. <laughs> So I guess to answer your question quite simply, yes, I would prefer Super Collider. Wow. Lord almighty. Do you realize that halfway through this podcast, I went on Spotify and deleted my my my, uh, playlist of this album? No, I don't realize because I've been talking. I uh, <laughs> I at least wait, had the decency to wait until the Super Collider podcast was over to, to delete it from my my playlist. This one we were like, I'm like, oh, I don't need this horse shit anymore, and deleted it off of there. Uh, well, at least Super. Well, actually, Super Collider. After we did that podcast and went down my rankings, I think this album's going to go down a little too because I do see the uh, flaws in it. But man. I mean, come on, we've gotten through some bad albums on there. Actually, we haven't gotten through many bad albums on this podcast. No. We've gotten through some mediocre songs. Super Collider, as far as albums go that we've talked about, was by yeah. far the worst one. I mean, 
I can go back through the ones that we've done. We did Hate Breed, which maybe you struggled with it, but I was having a ball. Um, well, yeah, that's the thing. That's, that's jam. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I can go back and I mean that it was, was time that to was murder. Okay. Don't you understand what I'm trying to tell you? We murdered it. We did actually hate read it. It wasn't that hard to get through because it is it was kind of mindless fun. I just didn't. This is not my thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, the I mean, Tomahawk I one we. I think the Tomahawk one we struggled with, but Tomahawk it wasn't a bad album. That was one. That was more a case of it wasn't necessarily my wheelhouse, but. You know, yeah, it but it wasn't bad. a it wasn't a bad album. Super Collider was literally the first bad album we did, and then you stuck me with this albatross. So well, te- technically, you you did not finish the album, so you can't necessarily say it was awful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, no, I no. Mean, you gave up on Mega. You gave up on Megadeth after after uh, World Needs a Hero, and then and then you got to Endgame. So you know, there's always a hope. I, there, there, I, there could have been a I assure you, there Robert. There is return Cooper, to hanger. I assure you, Robert Cooper. I assure you, Gon- Sean Gomer. I insist this album is terrible. <laughs> okay, I'm um, I'm confident in my assessment uh, that this album is not so good. Sean, oh, you're, you're uh, that's you. That, that hurts. I that disagree that hurts. it is a terrible <laughs> album. There is there are things to like here. You said it yourself. You had a, a few songs that you liked. Of the like, what two minutes that you listen to it? You know, <laughs> there are nuggets. There are nuggets in there that if you're a Sabbath fan, you really enjoy. The fact is, I think, quite frankly, this was made for Sabbath fans to understand that they can still do Sabbath, and you're gonna enjoy them when you go out on the tour and have songs, new songs that they can bring in with the classics, and it won't miss a beat. And to me, that's what it is. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's fine. And it doesn't have to be, oh, my God, Black Sabbath just broke new ground for metal. They don't have to do that on their first comeback album with them all together in 35 years. I think that's a little bit way too asking a little bit too much to me. I wasn't me. asking for them to break new just, ground. I was asking them to put out an album I could actually get through. That's, but that's you, though. Me and Robert got through it. And I, I agree, it has twice. flaws. Yeah. yeah, I got through it three times. I, you know, yeah, just, I, I, I agree, it has flaws. It's missing Bill Ward. There's things that you know the order, as y'all mentioned, could have been done in a different way. Some of the uh, uh, hidden the tracks that were not that were added to the extended edition could have been in the they could have just made this a, a 11 thing album it didn't need to be extended edition period they didn't uh, need that extra seven dollars yeah Sorry. it it didn't yeah it didn't need god the god is dead song could have been taken out completely um <laughs> you know and to me that's the only song i don't like at all on the album the other ones i can deal with even the ones that are retreads of classics because at least they tried to do a little bit, even if it's a 2.0 version. To me, get you know what? Maybe it's not a freaking 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10, whatever. But, hey, to me, at least a 6.5 or something. So what I hear yeah, you I saying is, so so I, I want to make sure I'm hearing you correctly and that you're being represented well on this podcast. Black Sabbath, at least they tried. 
No, it's not that they at least they tried. Did we not say that they had to accomplish what when you said it had to answer two questions, right? Yep. That it they didn't do like have it, to suck. Did, right. And, and they did, did accomplish what they set out to do. Yes, it accomplished what they set out to do. Okay. It accomplished so it everything like that, that so Rick Rubin wanted a, for so them we, to do. So in that sense, as far as you're concerned, it was a successful album. Yeah. I, okay. I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of, I mean, if you want to take the criteria, look at St. Anger. You know, me, me and Mark need to do St. Anger just to hear me seethe. But, you know, the point of that album was for Metallica to get back and do something heavy and in your face and something a huge departure from what they did in the 90s. And it did succeed at that. But in my opinion, shit. Now, the second piece of criteria of what did it was it good? Was it pleasing your ears? I guess that's more of a more of a I guess in your in your eyes type of thing. Like me and John, are like you know, this album was not paranoid. It was not sabotage. It was not Volume Four. It was not the original Black Sabbath. But at least it wasn't technical ecstasy. I never say that. It was it was in the classics. If this would have come out in 1970, blah this would probably be a kind of the middle of the road album. It is not a great. It is not a great Sabbath album. It is a good Sabbath album, at least to me. It was good. Now that being said, a good Sabbath album holds up pretty decently. Now I'd give it about four stars. I think in my ranking it was pretty high. But after listening to this again and hearing hearing what Mark had to say, which you know some valid criticisms, I'd drop it a little in my rankings. But it still would probably end in my top twenty this year. Which, you know, not bad. It's a, like I said, overall, I liked it. I can see if you didn't like it. Because, I mean, Mark did say he's not, like, a fan of the Doom and the, you know, like, all of the slower stuff. And a lot of this album was more Doom-related. Some of the more, you know, kind of uppity, happy things that we've listened to on here. And, you know, that's cool. It's just a different styles. You know what I like? You want, you want to hear what I like? Time to hey, great. Oh, God. What is this? What are you doing? Martin, this is not metal, damn it. I'm going to throw a cat at you this book. <laughs> oh, my God. Why? <laughs> Jesus. Because I, I couldn't get shot. Richard. Oh, my God. So, so I'm assuming this is your way of saying it, it, it was pretty much that album was pretty much that song to you. That's what it came off as, slow and boring. Let me, let me explain it to you this way. What are you doing? No. God damn it. What? Oh, what? You remember the one from the beauty pageant where the girl played it on a trumpet and it was out of key the entire time? <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. I, was, I think we have officially broke Mark Radlish. <laughs> we have done what Jeff Harris could not. <laughs> Jeff has been trying for years to make Mark snap, and I think we have done it with an album that, has, that is not that awful. 
Yeah, really. I, mean, I can super glad it I mean, was I worse. Can, I mean, I can get. You know what? You know what my mission should be. My mission should be in two weeks. Come back and like, hey, Mark. You know, I found the doom metal album that you're gonna hate even more. <laughs> it's just it's like we're not covering it. <laughs> no, you will. Nothing. Well, right. well, next I, week is his pick, anyways. Which well, is children about him. Yes. Yeah. Let's get let's get on with this. Um. Though I really wish, I, if I had known that towards the end of this I was going to get really slap happy and, and just start playing random songs, I would have loaded up a whole bunch of like, you know, uh, don't don't dream it's over and whatever else I could think of. I would have put on, I would have, I should have kept on here Toy Soldiers by Martika. That would have been fantastic. Oh, Lord. No, why? This is not, this was not a, that damn UFC show. <laughs> Forget what UFC show you used it for. But it's not that. All right. So yeah, I remember that. I remember starting the podcast and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> this is not Mark talking. That's my goal. <laughs> is is for people to listen to a podcast and go, what is happening here? Um, just, That's the three beards. Yeah. <laughs> every every Rattlesham Broadcasting podcast should feel like you've been cornered in an alley. Um, now listen. So that was Jesus, our... are you saying that we are a gigantic <laughs> group of rapists? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I Sean Gomer is never going to come back on this podcast again. Just, no, no, just... You see what's going to happen? Sean's going to have me in about an hour, and I am worse on Randall's podcast because I have no clue what I'm talking about when it comes to video games. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Excellent. Time. Yeah, he just rambles on about thing, other things that doesn't have to do with video games at all. <laughs> Well, well, I mean, actually, I mean, I do know what I'm talking about. It's just when it comes to video games, I have a very limited knowledge. So I can get us started on a topic, and then we're going to end up with Quantum Leap. Oh God, Quantum or Doctor Leap. Who. I or really Doctor wish I looked. Oh, I, I have no really wish I looked. Doctor Who all day. Then oh, yeah, I, I will. I will load up more music. And the, you, you, all right. you need to load up emergency, uh, like. <laughs> Like emergency music, in case Mark, like you know, in case you start to like crack or something, just start putting on time to murder it. <laughs> yeah, you go. Um, all right, I'm gonna load up nothing but like Faust and you know. Oh my God, I I don't know if you guys know who like not Faust, Feist, but uh, Feist, so one of the oh things, God. Okay, so you know who Feist is, right? So you know she did that song that was popular for a minute called you know one two three four. I remember. Um, it. Okay, so, so maybe Sean knows this because he's got a kid. But the first year that my kid was around, we didn't do the Disney thing. We kind of, we were trying to, even though we live in Florida, we tried to put that off for as long as possible. And instead, <laughs> we sort of broke her in. We broke her in easy with the Sprout Network. And Sprout got like, uh, network, like Caillou and Kipper and um, the Pajaminal. Was an Angelina Ballerina. Yeah. Um, and so they, occasionally they would play like a commercial and it was Feist singing one, two, three, four, but she had changed the lyrics specifically for that network. And she does it with a bunch of Sesame Street monsters. So it's <laughs> her singing with a bunch of Sesame Street monsters and like changing the lyrics. And I was obsessed with that for the longest time. 36 year old man at the time. And I'm just running around yeah. going one, one, two, three, four, monsters walking across the floor. Yeah, that's what I'm going to load up on. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Like, you know, I used to be scared shitless of the count as a child. Totally. 
Like that, that, that really? would show up on my screen, and I would go hide under the. I would hide under the kitchen table. Why not? Ooh. Oh yeah. Three. Yeah, I used to, I used to do that all the time. Three. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I'm cool now. You know, I can watch plenty of scary shit. I can't even listen to this album without cracking. <laughs> What can one say? You're so a better sh- man than I. All we, right, we should we- do uh, we should do a top five worst albums of 2013 just for Mark's sake. Oh God, then Mark will just put this at number one for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> well, well, he has reasons. I mean, I respect his choice to hate this album. I just don't agree with it. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, everybody okay. has a choice to dislike or like something. By the way, where in Florida do you live? Because I live in Miami. I used to live in Miami, and now I live in Tampa. Uh, okay. How many old people do y'all have per, per, per young person? What's that ratio? Well, he's closer to the oh, old people Lord, than I, I am. Even, I mean, yeah, there's more Cubans and old people here than there is anything else. Ah, uh, see, around here, I just get douchebags. Douchebags and barbecue. <laughs> Hey, I could go for some know. barbecue right now. I could go for some oh, well, barbecue hey, right now. I could also work my pass before. Yeah, you have to come up here to North Carolina then, you know. I was just up there in come North Carolina. Like, well, in Lexington. And not the Lexington barbecue, I, I like it more than the Eastern. Because, you know, what people don't understand about barbecue in uh, North Carolina is that it's really divided in half. you got the Western, Western barbecue, which is not nearly as vinegar-based as the other one. Ours is more tomato-based, and up in, like, the eastern around the coast and stuff, that is much more vinegary than the western stuff. And I live in the western North Carolina, so that's what I like. Yep. Okay. Barbecue. Some barbecue knowledge. What about barbecue? But we don't we don't have any lion tacos here that I know of. So. <sighs> yeah, I have, my lion taco fix has been put on hold because the, the place is – Moving to a different location. And speaking of moving to a different location, this has been the Metal Hammer of Doom podcast review of uh, 13 by Black Sabbath, their latest album. I really don't have anything else more to say about this. 13. That's what Mark gives it out of 100. (laughs) That's about right. (laughs) Sean Gomer, you being our, our, our guest here. Um, where can we find, uh, any of what you write? Why don't you, uh, plug whatever you got going on? Alrighty, well, um, first of all, every Friday night to Saturday morning, the game's top five comes on, and Robert Cooper is usually one of the contributors, so you can always find him there as well. Uh, This week we're going to be doing the ending of my series of games top of the decade with the games of the 2010s decade so far. Um, oh, that's gonna be a So bitch. that was gonna be quite interesting. Yes, that's gonna be a bitch. That was gonna be difficult. Because I haven't played many games from this decade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I um, don't know if I, I don't think I'm on anything else contributing wise. I also have the Wrestling to the Max podcast uh, that I put inside the Games Top Five that's uh, posted over on DirtSheets.com, and you can also find it on Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes. Whatever, listen to Gary and me every Tuesday morning reviewing Raw, NXT, and whatever topics we're discussing um, that week. This week we reviewed Destination X, the TNA Impact version, and talked about how to fix TNA and all their financial issues. So that should be fun. Um, Aside from that, yeah. 
Okay. Uh, Metal Hammer of Doom, Mr. Cooper. What uh, what do you got planned for this Monday? Uh, let's see. Hammer of Doom, you know, like Sundays, early Mondays, that's when it comes out. Uh, let's see. I don't have anything planned. I never actually have anything really planned for that thing. That's why it takes me. That's why I'm always late. Poor Jeremy. Everything I turn in is fucking late. <laughs> uh, I'm <laughs> awful with time. Yeah, uh, he actually, like, one day he's just like, you know, you need to get it on this time. He's like, sorry if I'm complaining, my dude, you're not complaining. I need a, I need a little uh, kick in the ass some days. But uh, I have nothing really planned, per se. Like, it just usually comes. But last week, I could talk about this week's news report, because, you know, I kind of wrote that. Talked about, uh, what did we talk about? We talked about the new releases for the week. A whole lot of sludge metal. There was a lot of sludge yeah. metal that came out this week. You talked yeah, about like, Radiohead not liking Spotify. See, see, Sean reads it. Hey, Mark, you should read my. You should read my column, Mark. You totally should. I do occasionally, sometimes, once oh, in a while. Sometimes. When I have Maybe. a moment at work. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> you know, when you're not listening to the three beards, which I'll plug in a second. But yeah, I did talk about. Now I remember. I talked about Radiohead doing. Uh, Tom York of Radiohead came out against Spotify, saying it was a really shitty avenue for new artists, and he did have a few good points. But I argued against that, saying that the exposure will outweigh the Money if they're missing out on new CD sales immediately because, yeah, because, I mean, if people listen to it on Who Spotify. Who buys CDs average, anymore anyway? Yeah, I mean, look at, uh, like, Metallica. When they join Spotify, their CD sales drop, like, 35%. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, just people people don't buy CDs that much anyway. And I think usually a digital, something that's easy for people to get to, they're going to listen to that more than they will. You know, they're going to listen to that more than they will. Through, you know, but I do it. wonder if, like, does used music sales work the same way as used game sales, or do they still get all the money from that? No, I don't think they get the money from that. Because how can you, really? Yeah, how are they really? Go- how are they going to get the music sale or the money from it? So I think it is just like used games. They don't really get any of the money from it, which sucks because I buy most okay. of my stuff used because I'm kind of you know broke most of the time. Exactly, but, that's yeah. what I do too. So that's what I was wondering. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, hammered the news report. I was in the top five this week in the uh, music zone, where I we did top five bassists. Did you win your factor fiction? Did you win your last factor fiction? I crushed him because uh, I, I felt really bad because he said that uh, he disagreed with something. I think he said something about how uh, some against the women's division. Uh, the oh, that was right. that was that one where like everybody that was the one where you took on Butterfield and everyone turned on him. Everybody killed Butters, and like I felt so bad because I, you know, I wanted to say something, but then I'm like, mm, I don't want to piss everybody off. <laughs> so it was actually funny. In one of the comments, he's like, you know, he all, he's just like, you know, why are you trolling everybody? And somebody goes, well, nobody's trolled Coop yet, and I'm like, it's got a point. Nobody's trolled me. <laughs> I felt really bad for Butters. Like, That's not everybody, Yeah, uh, everybody just turned and lashed on him. I was like, "Mm, I like to win, but I don't like to win like this. This is just not fair. (laughs) But, yeah, I'm on a a three-fight win streak, so that's good. I'm quite excited because I'm not an MMA rider, so, you know, I always feel like I have something to prove. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I was going to say I did MMA fact section last week. This week was the top five in uh, bases, which, yeah, like last week was drummers, this week was bases, next week is guitarists because – Jeremy said he's stealing Sean's idea of uh, going like in a like some sort of theme. Oh, you know, Ben uh, did this like when I first started a, contributing to the top five, and he he said it, he took it from there too. 
we steal from it. We all steal from each other. What can we say? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I don't think I'm in anything else because last week I was in something like every damn day. I, I don't think I have. I might be doing jump, jumping in on the top five for movies if I can remember to come up with a list in time because it's a uh, top five most hated comic movies. I think. That's Ooh, be, I might get in on that fun. one. I might, I might get on yeah. that. Yeah, the wrestling on one's even pretty interesting this this oh, week too. Oh yeah, top five desert island wrestlers because they stole that from the MMA zone, <laughs> which was top five desert island. Which was which basically the concept is if you're on a desert island and you only have five wrestlers or fighters to watch, who would you watch? And actually, I think the question is infinitely more interesting with wrestling because you have to think of how long wrestling has been around, not to mention how long people's careers are in comparison to MMA because you know MMA. You know, once you hit a certain age, so a lot of times you're you're out of it unless you're Randy Couture, and then you just have to get kicked in the face a whole bunch until you realize, yeah, maybe I should sit down. But uh, yeah, that's all for my contributions for the week. But speaking of other things, I mean, the Three Beards podcast comes out every really late Sunday night, so technically early Monday morning. And this week we talked about the Trayvon Martin George Zimmerman thing. But okay, it was kind. Of, we kind of talked about it. While Fletcher said he didn't really care about it, and then I made a few jokes about it, and then Kevin tried to get all serious about it. And yeah, nobody really cared that much. But we did that. Uh, I think we talked early Comic Con stuff. This week we are going to talk Comic Con because you know Comic Con's huge shit and some really cool stuff. I don't know. It's like you know Superman of Steel two, as I like to call it. Batman's here, bitches. Yeah, Batman Superman movie. Pretty excited. And you should go go to Facebook right now on uh, Facebook.com forward slash three beards. We have a poll on uh, what would make more money, which is going to make more money, uh, the Justice League movie or the new Avengers movie. Yeah, Kevin's the only one that thinks that the uh, Justice League movie is going to make more money. And he will argue you to the death about it. So you should go vote on that. Yeah, everybody, go vote. But yeah, Three Beards podcast, it is, Mark describes this as blue. We, we are very uncensored. We're, a morning, we're like a morning radio like, you know, your every, everyday morning radio show, except we're uncensored, and we talk usually about kind of like geeky stuff, like sci-fi and comic books, and sometimes we get into politics, but we also talk about, you know, beer. But I get left out on that, so I have Mountain Dew. But anyway, I think that is all for my rambling plug section. Now we now to the Rattlesham Broadcasting Network head, Mr. Mark Ravitch. Oh, well, thank you, Mr. Robert Cooper. All right. Um, <laughs> the Metal Hammer of Doom is one of the many... Shows on the Rattletch and Broadcasting Network that, once again, you can find on iTunes or Stitcher or blogtalkradio.com. You can also find select uh, shows on Manic Expressions. Um, check out our movie podcast, Long Road to Ruin, where we deal in franchises with uh, Sean Comer. The last show was Twilight, which featured my wife, Melissa <laughs> Rattledge. Yep, almost yeah. three hours of Twilight. Can you dig it, sucker? Uh, this she seems like a very she's listening to that. She, she, I was like, you know, Mark's wife seems like a very nice lady. She is a very nice lady. <laughs> but still, but still, poor shot. <laughs> I, I, I summed it up to pretty much your wife going pretty, pretty much the way you, you said it would go. Was okay. So your wife's like, yeah, the book is better. Sean's like, this is shitty. And then you're like, but, but it's got so many good things that I'm going to defend it. Yeah, kind of like this podcast with Black Sabbath. It's, Only you were playing the role see? of me. Oh, God, I get to be Mark Radlich. I don't think I'm ready to be Mark Radlich. Uh, you're not ready for this jelly. Now, listen. Um, a week from tonight. Wow. 
<laughs> Jeremy Lambert will be joining us on the long road to ruin as we tackle the Transformers trilogy. Michael Bay. Boom. Uh, if you go back uh, a couple of weeks, we did Jurassic Park. We did The Man with No Name. We did uh, the Superman franchise with Christopher Reeve. We have a lot of great shows. Um, Long Road to Ruin is doing quite well. Um, go back and listen to the three weeks we did of Megadeth podcast. We did uh, two retrospectives, and then we, as we talked about tonight, we did Super Collider. Um, Jeremy ha- uh, Jeffrey Harris and I uh, do the 401 block, Summer Blockbuster series. We recently reviewed Pacific Rim, of which Robert Cooper was a guest on that show. We've also done uh, The Lone Ranger, Monsters University, Man of Steel, and Iron Man 3. Go ahead and check out those podcasts. Those are doing quite well. And the villainous one, Robert Winfrey, has his very own podcast on the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network. Everybody loves a villain. They recently did uh, Dracula, and before that was Vampires. Uh, I'm on a couple of those shows as well. Every Sunday night at 9. Yes, they are. Every Sunday night at 9 o'clock is the 401 Ground and Pound radio show. We, this week we previewed Mighty Mouse versus John Moraga, and I think we gave it more time than the UFC and Fox have recently. Um, yeah, I think, of, I think you did, because I didn't even know that that show was up next, because nobody advertised it. Yep. Um, so in, in case uh, you're interested in checking that show out, and gee whiz, with the, with the card they've lined up, I don't see why you wouldn't. Ha-ha. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Starting at 4 o'clock on 401mania.com in the MMA section, I will be providing live coverage all night long. All night. All night. Uh, all, night. all night. See, nobody else would sing with you. <laughs> all night. Uh, 4 o'clock till, uh, till whenever it's over, from <laughs> Facebook to Fox, UFC on Fox 8, Mighty Mouse versus John Moraga. Uh, and lastly, check me out on thecasualheroes.com. Uh, I was on their movie cast where Jed and I argued vociferously about a uh, IGN list of 25 action movies, and it really gets going uh, when at like 14 or 15 uh, they mention First Blood. At which point I what? completely lose my mind. Yeah. What? I won't give it away. Oh, I, but let's just say that somebody I, decided that it, somebody said that First Blood was the 14th or 15th like best action movie of all time. And it was under speed as in speed was a better, wow. movie. it was a better action movie. Than wow. Really? Yeah. yeah IGN have like a lot of, uh, no, a lot of people don't like them. For reasons, yeah. For the, whoever, reasons. whoever devised that list needs to be dragged for miles behind a truck. Um, they need to, they so, need to be made to listen to super collider on a run. <laughs> yeah. Or they, they no, they need to be made. They need to listen to God is dead until, uh, they decide to test that theory themselves. Now listen. <laughs> Until they decide to try to meet their maker. <laughs> All right. And, and and we didn't get to plug next next uh, time. I was just getting we? there. In two oh. weeks, we will be back to albums that don't suck. Uh, we will be reviewing the new Children of Bodom album because, as we all know, the best metal can always be found in Europe. Uh, that is, of course, Halo of Blood. So we're going to go ahead and do that one uh, two weeks from tonight. And then after that, we'll be back to Robert's pick again. And I believe we're doing the new Amon Mark, correct? Actually, I might change it because uh, the new Orphan Land's really good. And mm-hmm. it's on Spotify. So we might just do that. And maybe during when you're gone in October, maybe I'll, I'll get somebody to help me. And we'll do Amon Mark. I'll just be on here say, with you. It's fine. 
No, no, I'm not going to stop. You already had to rub it in enough times already. I mean, yeah, you could you could do him on a Mars with me. I just think he'll be like, sound like a prayer. <laughs> All right, Sh- Sean Gomer, are you going to be back for more of these podcasts? Can we count on you to return? Uh, if work allows. Usually, I work uh, from nine to eleven. I get off at eleven. So. Oh, uh, okay. You know, if, well, you, if you could make it like a. It has to come on the same time we did the games podcast for me to be on. So it would it'd be one of these times like today where I'm off or I worked in the morning on a Tuesday, I could be on. Okay. Well, the next time you work on a Tuesday, you let me know and we'll get you in here, okay? All right. All right. All right. So for so for Sean Gomer and for of course uh one of the three beards, Mr. Robert Cooper, this has been the Metal Hammer of Doom podcast. We will be back in two weeks. For the Christ's sakes, where the hell else might be music? There we go. No, wait. God, that, <laughs> you, God you damn misplaced it. it with, you misplaced it with all your shenanigans. <laughs> I really did. There we go. All right. Take two. So, poor <laughs> Sean <Starkly> Gomer. <laughs> no. Just no. <laughs> and Robert Cooper, for the love of God, be well, be safe, and be aged.